The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. My next guest left a steady job in the corporate world to take a stab at entrepreneurship, fueled by her passion for sports. And since then, her and her team have been named to Forbes 30 Under 30. They've been through accelerator programs with Techstars and Facebook, and they oversubscribed their $1 million seed round, all in the name of creating a more prominent female voice in sports. When you're hearing what's happening in the sports world from your sports-obsessed best friend, it's so much more compelling. It leaves you wanting to know more and, and really wanting to engage with the sports world more versus I think um, for myself and Rosalind and for many other women out there um, and really just like anyone who's not oftentimes like a really avid white male fan doesn't really feel like it's being created for you. So it was really that night with Ellen just like having this infectious passion about the Leafs that that really stemmed um, the concept of the gist. We were like, imagine if we could have Ellen giving us our sports updates. My guest today is JC DeHoop, who's co-founder at The Gist. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I really appreciate it. So you and I met virtually a couple months back. Um, I was moderating a panel with MLSE uh, Game Changers, and you were on the panel. And I'm sure you get asked to be on panels a lot of the time. You're a young woman who's co-founded a pretty cool company. Can you explain what The Gist is for anyone who doesn't know? Yeah, totally. So at The Gist, we are a female-founded sports media startup. We're really all about making sports feel a lot more accessible and a lot more inclusive to really all types of fans and just making sports feel a little bit less like a boys club and really making sports feel like they're for everyone. Um, Myself and my co-founders came from um, a finance background, very kind of like corporate male-dominated environments and really saw firsthand how Sports is just that one thing that like brings people together like nothing else, brings up this passion in people like nothing else. All of us were athletes when we were younger and saw how many benefits that that kind of gave us. Um, but also, unfortunately, you know, sports can still really feel um, kind of like this exclusive community. And as a female fan, it's really easy to feel on the outside of that community, on the outside of that sports conversation. So We really wanted to create something that was the exact opposite of that boys club mentality. So we launched the gist um, in 2018. And again, really with that premise of making sports just feel much more accessible, much more inclusive. So we do that mainly through content um, and our right now three times weekly newsletter is kind of the main. I love the newsletter. Yes. The main. Yeah. Thank you. It's been, it's been kind of our hero product and is really the main way that we wanted to build up that community and um, really democratize a lot of sports content too. The key thing with the newsletter as well is that, you know, it gives you the gist of what's going on in the sports world under a five minute read. So it's very much so built for, for a very busy kind of a female, but also the key difference being that it's from that female voice and from that female perspective. So we cover what's going on in men's professional sports, as well as women's professional sports, equal coverage. If not, we have probably more <laughs> female coverage. Yeah. Um, and again, it's that, that female perspective. A huge thing for us was just that the sports content we were consuming and reading about didn't ever feel like it was created with us in mind. And so um, through that newsletter, we've really built up, um, again, a more like inclusive kind of community around sports telling much more progressive storylines as well. Huge kudos to you and, and your co-founder. So you guys met at Queen's University, but the gist didn't come until 2018. So take me back to Queen's and, you know, early conversations there. 
Yeah, yeah. So we were all friends from Queens. Um, we actually all played on an intramural soccer team together. We were all in the same program. We were in the business program there as well. So um, yeah, we're friends from college. And then we all moved to Toronto and we're all kind of working in different areas of financial services. Um, myself, I was on the management consulting kind of world. And most of my clients being um, the banks. Again, it was just very like very, very corporate um, and very male dominated kind of spaces too. And that was really where the idea for the gist was born out of. It was literally just one evening, the three of us were kind of catching up over takeout and some wine and, and we were talking about sports. And, and Ellen in particular um, is, is just like a crazy, crazy avid sports fan. Like just yeah. from being her friend, you're like, she's just like always talking about sports and loves it so, so much. Yeah. Um, and, and while we were catching up, there was just something about how Ellen was so excited about the Leafs win the night before and how she just had this really infectious energy around her sports fandom that we were like, you know, when, when you're hearing what's happening in the sports world from your sports obsessed best friend, it's so much more compelling. It leaves you wanting to know more um, and, and really wanting to engage with the sports world more versus I think um, for myself and Rosalind and for many other women out there um, and really just like anyone who's not oftentimes like a really avid white male fan. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't seem that, that interesting. Or again, it doesn't really feel like it's being created for you. Um, so it was really that night with Ellen, just like having this infectious passion about the Leafs that, that really stemmed um, the concept of the gist. We were like, imagine if we could have, Ellen giving us our sports updates regularly, like it would, it would feel just super different. And so um, really the newsletter, our socials now, our podcasts have really been created with that premise in mind that it is really compelling. It is really interesting. Um, there are so many amazing things about sports that when, when you look at it from a bit of a more diverse perspective, it can be, it can be much more inclusive um, and, and feel like it really is for you. Okay. So tell me about leaving a corporate job to start your own business. I imagine that that was, uh, that was something. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty big leap. Um, yeah, for all three of us, we were, we've been working for a few years out of school and we're, we're doing, you know, relatively well at each of our respective places. So it was, um, it was a pretty big, pretty big risk for sure. I think, um, maybe my parents and like, you know, it's, it's, it can be difficult to kind of make that decision. We are honestly relatively risk averse, even though all three of us are entrepreneurs. And so I think the, the real catalyst to us actually quitting our jobs and taking that leap um, was being accepted into an incubator program. So we were accepted to this program with um, that had some funding from Facebook and was part of the Ryerson DMZ in Toronto. So it came with that funding that was non-dilutive too. It came with um, mentorship and office space and kind of like this five month boot camp. That's that beautiful. We were a part of yeah, and that was that was really what you know we had this opportunity in front of us and it felt like you know to not seize it and to not see what we could do with the gist would just be. Um, yeah, it was like, honestly, a once in a lifetime opportunity. So that was really what, um, again, was that kind of catalyst that was like, okay, let's do this. So we'd been kind of running the gist as a side hustle, um, for about six months before, before we actually quit. Um, and at the time it was, you know, just a weekly newsletter. Um, Ellen was writing all of it. Rosalind and I were editing it. 
had no place doing so. Like I'm the worst editor ever. So it was, um, we really didn't have much. We didn't have much going into that program, but it really did help things uh, take off for us. The voice of that newsletter is such an important part of like the female perspective, right? Um, So is Ellen still writing it now, by the way? No, we have a full team. We have okay. a lot of we have a lot of content contributors, editors, fact checkers um, across the states, across Canada that all um, all contribute to the newsletter. How many people are on the team now? Uh, we have eight full time and about fifteen or twenty part time. Um, with with that part time team being a lot of uh, content folks. Okay, I want to go back to um, the question I just asked you, even about leaving your corporate job too. When you were making this decision. Did you keep it to yourself? Because, you know, sometimes being in that corporate environment and like sharing an idea with someone and getting feedback that maybe wasn't what you wanted would have changed your mind or anything. How, how open were you with your coworkers at the time? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we were extremely open, actually. I think, um, and, you know, looking back, I do think that's super, super important. I think that there can be this feeling of like, oh, is somebody going to, take my idea or what have you. And I think um, we kind of thought about it in the exact opposite way. We were like, you know, for this to be something, we need to tell as many people as possible. We need to grow the audience as much as possible. Um, And we also wanted to get feedback from as many people as possible and really smart people as well. So that was a lot of our colleagues. So we were super open about everything and kind of asked for people's feedback. We did a ton of kind of beta testing before we launched anything. And most of that test group were people that that we worked with and interacted with every day. Um, we had a huge launch party at the Shopify offices, um, invited like as many people that we could. And that honestly helped our list start off at 500 as opposed to zero um, from just that event. So we were, we were super open about it. And I think that it also helped when we did decide to make that leap um, and leave our jobs that people were really understanding um, and, and were really supportive of, of what we were doing too. They kind of were part of, um, yeah, had heard us talk about it and be really excited about it um, in the months prior and, and now too have seen um, that journey from when we first kind of came up with the concept to, to now and the traction that we've had. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think in hindsight, I'm like, I think that was a really positive thing that, that we did tell as many people as possible, get their feedback. And, you know, sometimes people won't tell you what they actually think, um, (laughs) which happens too, but um, it is important to kind of get as many people thinking about it, talking about it as you can, I think in the early days. Okay. So three female co-founders and you guys were kind of all in there doing everything at the beginning. Now you have a full team Um, at the beginning. How was it like divvying up the, the different tasks at hand um, with like three, what sounds like three very smart women who probably wanted to do it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. um, And it still is like, I think figuring out who's doing what is, uh, is an ongoing thing. I think we were really fortunate in that the three of us had very distinct kind of strengths and passions too, that lent itself well to like very different areas of the business. So um, I mentioned Ellen is just like the most insanely avid sports fan you've ever met, um, <laughs> knows everything about every sport, men's and women's. So it, it was always, and, and you know, again, that premise from that very first night was that um, Ellen would really shape the content and the voice um, of the gist. And then um, 
Roslyn, my other co-founder, is a CPA, is just like a whiz with numbers, is super analytical, is just so, so smart. And so Roz kind of running with a lot of the operations, data analytics, and, and a lot of our tech um, as well, even though none of us had any tech background, Roz kind of taught it all to herself, um, was a really natural fit and kind of natural progression as well. And then I come come from the consulting side of things. So um, being on more of the business development, commercialization, monetization side, again, felt like a very natural fit. Um, so we kind of fell into those roles very naturally. And then um, you're right, in the early days, there are many things we were doing that were um, not our strengths, but it was just kind of like, you, we had to do them. Um, and actually, I feel like in the last year or so, as we've really expanded our team, we've been able to lean into what like gives us the most energy and like what our actual strengths are a lot more um, because we don't have to do a lot of the stuff that um, is just really hard sometimes too when you don't have any experience or don't really know what you're doing. So um, yeah, but, but we were very fortunate to have very complimentary skill sets. Yeah. It sounds like a dream come true for like starting a business. Oh, you got someone who knows the numbers. You got someone in consultation. You've got someone who's the voice of the company. Perfect. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. We were, we were really lucky. So yeah. Tell me about putting together the first newsletter. What had to be in there? Do you remember what was happening at the time content wise? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I actually don't remember. It was September of 2017 was when we first were doing that, that kind of testing period. Yeah. Um, and, you know, September, October really is like a huge, huge time for sports. Yeah. Um, so, you know, NHL season was probably starting up. Basketball is probably starting up. Um, I can't recall exactly what was going into that newsletter, but I can say we, Ellen did the first draft and <laughs> Rosa, I remember reading it and being like, yeah, it's perfect. It sounds great. That's exactly what I was kind of picturing it sounding like. And I was just like, yeah. And, you know, now when we look back, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we sent that to people. <laughs> um, so it's, and, you know, really figuring out the voice, the right tone, the right structure, and also really listening and learning from our audience has been a huge part um, of, I think, why we're at where we are at today. Um, I would say, you know, nobody else in the sports world has really tried to cater to a female fan that's just like that just hasn't really happened and so we tried to take a really open-minded approach and to have a relationship with our gisters where they felt like they were giving us their feedback and like Mm -hmm. yeah I loved this story I didn't love this I didn't love this subject line this reference I wish you guys would talk about this more and really building that rapport with our gisters was really important. Um, and it's still something that's really at the core of everything that we do. Like our gisters really tell us um, how, what the voice should sound like, again, what content we should be touching on um, and whatnot. We'll, we'll all have like our kind of personal views, but it's really, we're doing this for our gisters and our community. Um, and so we took a really, and still do take that real like testing approach to everything, um, especially on the content side, that's really honed kind of the voice that you see today. I want to get into some specifics from that. So two-parter, what is um, a piece of content that you got very strong feedback on, good or bad? Um, You know what? We got a ton of feedback. And we get tons of feedback on every single piece of content I should preface with. That's great. Yeah, which is great. You know, I think, again, we're doing, we're talking about sports in a different way and it really resonates with a lot of people. And sometimes it's not going to too, which is, is awesome when we just can start that conversation. I think um, it's not like a specific piece of content, but we 
were covering everything that was happening last June with this massive social justice movement and particularly how athletes and female athletes and female black athletes in particular were speaking to what was happening and really amplifying their voices and really taking a stand on everything that was going on. That was what felt like a really pivotal time um, for us, for our content. And I'm just kind of on where we stand on a lot of things. And that was something to that we felt really frustrated by in, in being sports fans previously is that, you know, there isn't um, that like opinion or like line that's stated a lot of the time, there's such a lack of coverage of those more progressive storylines or progressive viewpoints. Um, and so we got a ton of feedback, mostly positive, but certainly lost some gestures too that, um, you know, around, around taking more of a stance versus I think a lot of other sports media outlets are very, uh, yeah. On the fence, like one foot over here. Yeah. Yeah. And don't want to, and whether it's like, again, with the black lives matter movement or whether it's around, um, you know, all the sexual harassment or what have you that happens across, um, the sports world, like those are things that are super important to us and are really at the core of our values. And we know are really important to our community too. And so I think, as our community has grown and as we've, um, again, amplified a lot of voices in the sports world a little bit more and taken more of that kind of progressive storyline, we've gotten really, really positive feedback and grown in really meaningful ways. Um, and certainly I've gotten negative feedback too, but we're, we're kind of okay with that as well. Yeah. It means people are engaged with the content at the end of the day. So, um, what's something that you guys maybe have missed? There's lots of trials and tribulations, you know, in being an entrepreneur, what's a lesson learned, maybe something you didn't cover enough of? Oh yeah. There are so many things, honestly, Sarah, I think, um, (laughs) you know, I think we were a really small team. I think that people don't realize how, uh, lean and mean we are where, um, you know, most more established companies are going to have full teams that are like covering everything and really keeping track of everything 24 seven. Um, we just, we literally just don't have the woman power and the capacity to, to be able to do that. So there are certainly been things that were like, Oh, we would, we, we should have been, you know, more on top of that or should have known that this was breaking or covered it more. Um, but it's definitely tricky when you've got um, a pretty small team and are just a very like scrappy startup. And, you know, again, we really do take pride in building that relationship with our districts where our districts will tell us too. They're like, why aren't you guys talking about this, this, and this? Yeah. Um, which is great. And, uh, and, and so they kind of, it's, it's almost like this, I wouldn't say UGC by any means, but it is like, you know, our gestures will, will tell us what we should be talking about. But there are many, many things that um, that we just like haven't been able to maybe like cover in, in the way that we would like to. Fair. What, what is one of your biggest lessons learned in general um, with this startup? Yeah, I think. Um, and, you know, we've whether it's from kind of like the content side from the sports world or from, you know, getting into the financing world and kind of like fundraising around this and being in the sports space, media space, but also kind of like the tech startup ecosystem. Um, we are young women in this space. And so in, in that, and, you know, we, we don't come from a sports media startup background either. And so I think we have a different way of doing things. Sometimes we have a bit of a different opinion or just have a different kind of perspective on the kind of content that we create, the way that we're building our business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that 
in the early days, it was really hard to um, navigate that and recognize. I think now I recognize that us coming in with that more diverse perspective, more diverse experience is such a competitive advantage. That's kind of why we have been successful because we have thought about things differently and done things differently. Um, I think though, you know, when you're just starting out and really smart, smart people that are really experienced in the space are kind of like, I don't really see how this could work or what have you. And you're getting that kind of feedback. It can be really difficult. Um, and so kind of one of the big learnings that, that I've definitely taken away and that I think our co-founding team really embodies is that, you know, those, those differences. And when you feel a little bit uncomfortable or aren't sure, um, or feel like, yeah, you're like the only female in the room or what have you, like, that's actually when you should really be leaning in and really, um, yeah, just thinking of those differences and that different perspective as your competitive advantage. I think that's um, been a huge reason, again, why like that just has resonated with so many people is that it's, it's different. So um, that's been a huge learning, which again, when you're kind of just starting out is really hard to hear because um, it's your baby and it's, you feel a little bit, everything like can feel very personal, but I think taking that step back um, has, has been a big learning for us. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. For sure. What was the best piece of um, like advice that's been given to you in your career, whether it was like business advice or, or otherwise? Um, yeah, there's been a lot. We, um, we lean on our mentors and advisors and we've got quite a... Yeah, just like a really, really supportive group um, around us that we go to for advice all the time, um, which, again, I think is a huge part of why we're at where we are today, because mm-hmm. we're new to this and we have no clue what we're doing a lot of the time. And so it's been uh, it, it's so important to have those people around you to ask those questions of. Um, I think one of the key things that stands out is. Is kind of and, and one of our mentors like really has hammered this home where it's like your your team really is everything. Um, I think that you can have a really amazing idea, have like the perfect timing, have you know all of the macro and economic trends that are in your favor, have like such an excellent business model, have such an excellent pitch. But when it comes down to it, if the team isn't cohesive, isn't in sync, isn't um, like fostering a certain culture and relationship, that's um, kind of sustainable. And that's like prime for growth. Um, I I just don't think, um, you can really do it. Like you can have all the other ingredients, but, um, 
if the team isn't feeling like that cohesion and that trust and relationship and like really love for one another, um, I think it's, it's so difficult. And I, I think that's a big reason why um, we've had some of the success that we've had as well as just like us three as founders um, have such a strong relationship and really lean on each other. Um, we lean on our team so much, like we're super, super collaborative um, and have tried to really foster that kind of like supportive environment. It's like the people are, are behind really everything. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I really wanted to talk to you specifically now because Tokyo, the Olympics have just wrapped and, you know, I was watching the newsletters coming in and what was your biggest takeaway from Tokyo 2020, uh, in the female perspective? Oh, well, <laughs> she goes, amazing. Oh. um, it was, I don't know. I'm a huge, obviously women's sports fan and just like the Olympics were, were just amazing. So, um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think that this Olympics really showed us just the, the power of women's sport. Like, honestly, there's, I don't know what other way to put it, where it was just like, I think we saw so many amazing athletes just like, honestly, like bringing us to tears. Like it's, yeah. it's so, it was so cool to see so many women at just like the pinnacle of athletic achievement. Um, and, you know, I, I think it is important to like, remember the, all the barriers and sacrifices and whatnot that, that were there before they were able to get to this point. Um, and just seeing the sheer number of like medals, but also just women like participating in the Olympics on team Canada, obviously our women's soccer team gold medal was like <laughs> an insane, insane moment. Um, but really across every sport, like it was just such a powerful, like, wow, this, this is kind of a lot of the progress too that's we made, which was really awesome to see. I think, um, you know, even when we were starting the gist, it was a very different landscape to, to what it is now. So it really felt, um, yeah, it felt like really special. Honestly, I think for Canadian women in particular, um, just to see all those medals rolling in and to see so many women on the podium and just participating and like, just in their element and at the, again, like pinnacle of their careers is just like really cool. Mm-hmm. And there were some interesting, like, you know, storylines there as well around mental health and, um, team uniforms. I thought you might have a, an opinion on some of that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. I think, um, as much as it's, it was overall, of course, just like such a positive, amazing event to, and again, like the progress in, in over the past few years is astounding. The reality is, is like, there's still so far to go. I think, yeah. um, yeah, there are many instances leading up to the games and during that reminded us, um, of the progress that still needs to be made. I think, um, yeah, whether it comes to uniforms or, or what have you. Um, I do think, you know, with Simone Biles and Osaka and, and so many other athletes, um, really speaking to mental health, that's kind of like exactly what the gist is all about in many ways where, you know, having more diverse perspectives and more diverse people that have, um, that attention that have that power and that have that influence and that are, you know, again, leaning into those differences, recognizing like, I don't feel like myself. Um, I don't feel at my best and I'm okay with that. And I'm going to be super brave and, um, recognize that. And, and, you know, in the face of having so much incredible pressure, it's like, has that, um, yeah, just like that, honestly, like bravery to, to step outside and, and to do something about it and to stand up for themselves. Um, 
I think it's super amazing and is hopefully something that we'll only see more and more of as we see um, more diverse voices with that influence and platform um, really through sport. And I think sport is honestly uh, super reflective of our society at large a lot of the times and is kind of um, those culture and societal change of builders too often does come from the sports world. So um, yeah, while obviously kind of difficult to see someone like Simone Biles and, and Osaka before the Olympics kind of going through that, I also think um, it's super pioneering and is going to to ultimately really benefit the sports world and female athletes um, and BIPOC athletes in particular kind of going forward. Before Tokyo 2020 started, how, what what is the, the pep talk with you know, with your crew, what does that look like? <laughs> That's a good question. It was, um, we will see you all on the other side. I think <laughs> it was really crazy. And again, I'm not, I'm not on our, on the content side of things. Like, yeah, I'm not a writer. Like I'm not good at any of that stuff, but, um, our content team was, was really honestly like took it to a whole other level and they're already have a lot going on and we've got a pretty extensive content team, but, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy, honestly, like with having the daily newsletters, daily podcasts, so much like around the clock social content. Um, it was a huge, huge undertaking. And so, um, yeah, I think everyone else that wasn't on the content side was kind of like, whoa, okay. how can we support um, and help out where you guys need it? But it was, it was a super busy time, um, even on the on the sponsorships and kind of brand partner side, we had a lot of brands we've been monetizing um, really efficiently too, which has been really exciting. Um, so it it was crazy. I think, again, going back to the team side of things, we, yeah. we always just really try to be super cognizant that like that just doesn't exist without our amazing team. We are an all um, female content team too. And so, you know, everything is about like having these more diverse speaking, diverse voices speaking to to what's happening. So just trying to make sure everyone's feeling okay. Yeah, yeah. Some sleep um, over the last two weeks was, uh, was kind of the extent of the pep talk. <laughs> so everyone has two weeks off now, right? <laughs> no, yes. Yeah. We're trying to give everyone some breathing room now for sure. <laughs> you participated in programs with Facebook and like NBC universal and tech stars. Now that you've gone through all that and that's sort of on the, the gist resume when you're working on partnerships, how, like, what are you looking for? What are the right brand partnerships for the gist? Yeah. I mean, we, we are very careful about which partners that, that we work with and ensure that those partners really, um, embody just like our values, um, and are kind of on this journey alongside us in in having an impact and leveling the playing field in sports. Um, we're also a startup and all of our content is free. So, you know, monetizing our, our content and our audiences has, has definitely been at the core of, um, of what we're doing in, in honor of our growth too. I think, um, what's really great is that there are a lot of marketers and a lot of brands that, um, get that, you know, we're very overdue, um, on, on having some progress in this space and are really keen to, to work with someone like us, um, on again, like leveling the playing field. So yeah, we, we look at all different kinds of companies too. Like we've worked with, um, the NBA and the USTA, USGA. Um, so a lot that are in the sports world, um, kind of from like a league team organizations perspective, um, but, you know, female fans are also really savvy consumers, too. Um, so we work with a lot of, like, direct-to-consumer startups. 
we worked with FanDuel, um, great way to like introduce our districts to fantasy and, and the sports betting world and what that could look like. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of different partners that we work with. I think ultimately we're always looking for partners that, um, again, have that kind of like shared values with us and are really, um, on board and are very genuinely supporting, um, female athletes, women in sports and, and all of that good stuff. So in terms of content creation and, I know that you're not on that side of things, but let's just say on behalf of the gist, you could sit down with any athlete. Who would your dream interview be? Ask them anything you want. Oh gosh. I don't know. I'm, I'm a huge tennis fan. So, um, both and like Serena, Osaka, Bianca are all, I'm like completely obsessed with. So selfishly that is, uh, (laughs) and I couldn't even decide between those three. Um, probably, probably still Serena. Um, if, if I had to choose one, but there, yeah, there are so many amazing female athletes out there. We're kind of like, we're pretty open. (laughs) I would say, um, to like, there's so many amazing athletes that are doing really great things across the W, um, the NWSL is just exploding too. So there's, there are a lot of, um, big names, but also, you know, up and coming names that we're, we're kind of keen to connect with and and are kind of growing with too. (laughs) So in, in working with your team now um, and thinking about what's next for the gist, you know, the podcast, you've got the weekly newsletter, what else is, is cooking? Like what else might there be? I don't know how much you can say, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, we've got, we have a lot of ideas. I think our, our real vision is to be that go-to source for sports for all of the underserved sports fans out there, which um, you know, opens up a lot of opportunities too. I think yeah. we've been really honing in on that voice and the content and the structure through the newsletter, through our podcast, but there are so many other kind of like new verticals that we're super interested in exploring too. Um, we see so much opportunity. I mentioned in the kind of like gaming fantasy sports betting space, like nobody's really, um, focusing on on women in that space and so there's tons of opportunity there college sports um offer tremendous opportunity too. us as canadians sometimes we're like not fully sure what's going on there but there's there's so much like such an interesting college sports world that um we'd love to dive into further as well whether that's like you know through the newsletter through a podcast what have you but those kind of like as a potential new vertical i think um the other side of things is just like women in sports business. Um, that's an area that we found our gisters, you know, a lot of them work in sports or are interested in getting into the sports world. Um, and again, are looking for those resources and that content and that community that would make that feel a little bit more accessible to more diverse people that want to get into the sports business landscape. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities within the wellness space and how that intersects with sports too. So we've got, we've got lots of ideas for kind of where, where we can take the gist next, um, predominantly, you know, from a content side of things, but again, there's, there's so much opportunity when we think about new revenue streams on the community side, from an e-com and merchandise perspective, um, even from kind of like events and, and what that will look like in a post pandemic world too. So, um, yeah, we, we've got, we've got a lot of ideas right now. We're super focused on audience growth and really getting the, the gist name out there to as many people as possible. Um, and then also the revenue side, of course, cause that's how we, uh, we keep everything, everything running. So who is a, an entrepreneur that you have always looked up to whether you know them or not? 
Yeah, there are probably a lot of um, very famous ones, but actually the first one that comes to mind is one of our um, one of our mentors and just like one of our very good friends, um, Maddie Crowell. He runs Get in the Loop, um, which is this really cool tech startup. They're based out of Kelowna, actually, and Maddie's just been. Um, we met him in our very, very early days. I think that we just started in the Facebook program. Um, and he didn't know really like anything about us. Um, and we really didn't have anything. Like we didn't have an audience. We, I think we were sending the newsletter at the time, but it was like not good as I mentioned. Um, <laughs> but he just really believed in us from day one um, and has been an incredible resource. When I mentioned people who have given advice that's really stuck with you um, and really having that support network of people that you can call when you're not sure about something or when you are sure about something and need to like be reminded to celebrate the wins. Um, Maddie's just been a really amazing mentor and friend through all of that. So he's someone that we all three of us really look up to um, as well. Like they've are obviously are like his startup is just doing incredibly well um, too, but just in terms of the impact that you can have um, on other entrepreneurs as well as through your business has been um, really inspiring too. So yeah, I would say that's a, that's kind of the, the, the first person that comes to mind for sure. Did it trip you out being named to Forbes 30 under 30? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, um, it was pretty surprising. Um, yeah. We were like this, Seems like a mistake, but okay. Like <laughs> it was obviously, obviously super grateful. Um, a really amazing kind of accolade and, and something that's really opened up a lot of doors for us too, for sure. Um, but yeah, we were pretty shocked. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, like what's something that came out of that that you maybe didn't see before? Yeah, I think it really helped us um, and forwarded some of those new partnerships and just in like getting our foot in the door in a lot of ways. I think having those kinds of external validators, which honestly, you know, getting a, an award like that while very, obviously very rewarding. It's like, it doesn't really mean anything, you know, like it's not, it doesn't really mean anything, you know, like I think we've had impact in so many other ways um, that are, are worthy of probably more recognition than, than something like that. But you do need, and I think especially um, when you're just starting out, like you really do need those kind of external validators where somebody's going to be like, oh, okay, these guys are legit. And so um, it really helped in just opening up those doors, whether it was to investors, whether it was to partners, um, whether it was honestly like in growing with subscribers, it uh, having those kinds of things and like the Facebooks and NBC and tech stars on, on your docket, like we definitely um, have, have benefited from getting kind of those, those names um, and kind of accolades. It, it certainly has helped, especially in the early days. So uh, the way I like to end this podcast is by asking you um, three women that you think are in the media world in some way, shape or form that need to come tell their stories on this podcast. Okay. One that comes to mind is a journalist, Lindsay Gibbs. She runs the Power Plays um, newsletter predominantly, but she's got, I think she's got multiple newsletters now, Um, but she's just an awesome, again, more like diverse, progressive voice in sports. We've promoted her newsletter many times. she's just awesome. Um, and I just, I love that. And again, like more progressive tack, um, and having that kind of opinion, um, on everything that's going on. So Lindsay Gibbs is a really great one. Where is she uh, based out of? I don't know, actually she's in the States, um, but I'm not sure where in the States, I feel like everyone's so, um, fluid these days too. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, she would be a really great one. Um, there's a few too that come to mind um, that are like based out of Philadelphia. And we spent um, six months down in Philly and we're kind of between Philly and New York as part of a, an accelerator with Techstars and Comcast. But while we were there, we met some really awesome women in the media and sports media landscape that are, are based out of Philly. So two in particular, one that's the uh, kind of like sideline, side court uh, reporter for the Sixers or reporter, I guess if his right word who's who's awesome and then a few kind of radio personalities too there that were just like awesome just like women in sports media that we just like loved while we were down there marissa jennings is like the first one that immediately comes to mind who could be super interesting as well and then i'm I'm sure you've probably connected with um most of the team at cbc but another one that just immediately comes to mind is our um, twitter manager actually who has been um with us from literally day one, she was one of our very first content contributors. Alexis Allison um, is at CBC, um, CBC Sports, and has been there for a few years. And she's just knows everything social so well, is just like so knowledgeable on so many different things. Um, and yeah, has just been a really core part of our team from day one. So um, Lex is also amazing and would be a really great addition to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I will say the gist was my favorite during the Olympics on socials. You guys did a killer job. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, our, uh, again, our content team needs to take a nap this week, but I will pass that along. <laughs> thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thank you. really appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah. And I thought learning to iron by the time I was 30 was a big achievement. To find out more about JC DeHoop and to subscribe to the gist newsletters or podcast, you can find the links in this episode's notes. And if you haven't subscribed to the Women in Media podcast yet on your favorite service, that would be awesome too. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.